Have you always wanted to start your own business? Do you have an innovative idea or an invention, but just don't know how to turn it into a company? Are you already in business and need some help growing? The BRF's Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program can help. At EAP, we work alongside you, helping you with things like financial modeling, funding strategy, pitch preparation, and marketing strategy. So what are you waiting for? Go to EAPLA.com today and set up a time to talk with our team. Let EAP help you launch or grow your business in North Louisiana today. Welcome back to On The Cusp. My co-host Matt Snyder is back. back. Great to have you, Matt. But today we've got Dalton, Dean, and CurbTech. So Dalton, what is CurbTech? So CurbTech, we do mobile fleet maintenance. So kind of what that means is instead of an oil and gas or construction company or a plumbing company having to pull a vehicle out of service and take it to a dealership or a location to get oil changes or tires or whatever it is, we go on site and service that truck. So basically what we're doing is removing any downtime. So they can continue to work on whatever it is that they're working on out in the field while we service their vehicle. Well, how big is CurbTech? Um, CurbTech, our day-to-day, we kind of manage about a hundred mile radius out of Shreveport, but we reach as far as DFW, New Orleans, Mississippi, and up to Oklahoma. So if I'm a, a fleet manager, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say this because I was in Minden the other day and I pulled in and there was a CurbTech truck there and there were five trucks parked there. So one of your technicians was servicing five trucks in this company. Okay. Right. And I was like, holy cow, that is a heck of a business model. Yeah. So like that example, I don't know what the, what the customer was doing at the time, but they could have been inside in a meeting or working on something else, you know, and kind of killing two birds with one stone while we're outside doing whatever it is they need, an oil change, a new set of tires. What have now, you. did you start with this model? We kind of started this, really the long story is, I uh, really hated getting an oil change, um, you know, kind of waiting in line or kind of sitting in the lobby of these of these places. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of a big time suck, to be honest, and figured there's a better way to do this. So what we did was just kind of flip the model. Instead of the customer going to get these services, we took the services to the customer. Yeah, and this is cool, and this is, I wanted to kind of tell this because, so this has all happened rather relatively quickly. Right. I mean, I think you and I, met at Rhino when you were kind of right. just getting started yeah. like what five years yeah. ago and I was like dude this is yeah we knew each other from high school been friends forever yeah. I was like Dalton this really sounds yeah. awesome and but the motto at that point that we were kind of talking about was like you'd go to the soccer mom's house and do her suburban in her driveway exactly it kind of started out as you know us trying to find our product market fit of hey we'll take anybody and everybody in fact they used to be able to book online through our website you know, pick their time. Um, what we quickly found out was it was much more economical for us to go after commercial fleets, deal with one or two individuals that have, you know, dozens, you know, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100, 500 trucks, and then work with just those guys instead of a bunch of individuals that are kind of sparsed out around town. Yeah, I mean, and that makes, from a financial yeah. thing, that makes tons of sense. Yeah, I mean, now instead of going, you know, in a given day, if I was dealing with a bunch of what we call individuals, you know, your soccer moms, your office workers, what have you, you know, one of my guys could maybe go and do eight or 10 trucks in a day, you know, jumping from house right. to house, office to office. But now we can go to one, 
you know, oil field site or construction site or plumbing office, whatever it is, and knock out, you know, eight or 10 trucks in four hours. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now you're not a first time entrepreneur either. No, um, <laughs> I've failed several times before, to be honest. And uh, that's good, yeah. okay? And yeah. I mean- yeah, that builds it. That, yeah. that builds it, yeah. okay? Uh, and what we try to do, you know, in EAP is it's not our job to kill anybody's dream. Right. Right? And, and you know that, you, you've been there. Um, our job is to help you make your dream real, okay? So we try to stress that it's, you know what? You gotta go out and try it. If you don't, yeah. if you don't try it, you won't know. Yeah, that, the and, hard and you've part, done that, and yeah. you've done that oh, before. Yeah. And so talk about, okay, you've tried some, you've grinded a project that, oh, you, that yeah. we all, as entrepreneurs, when you're in one, you believe in it, your yeah. whole self has to be in it. You've grinded and it didn't work. Having that culture to go back at the next one, it's not easy. Man, it, it's tough. I mean, for one, it's tough to admit failure on the original project, whatever it is. And then you got to kind of do a lot of self-reflecting and kind of, you know, you second guess all your skills and right. kind of all your decisions. Like, hey, look, I could have gone typical career path and worked my way up. And now I kind of feel like I'm behind the eight ball and then that kind of deal. And then to kind of muster up the guts to do another one, you know, not speaking for myself, but just anybody out there that does it, like, to me, it's even that much harder to me go too. back the second or third time on something me like too. that. It's just, it's, it's difficult. But so, you have to do it. And, it, and so when and, you did it the second time, you had also had all the knowledge of learning from the first one. Yeah, like that's so you're a, better. At yeah, it. I mean, you learn. I'm a true believer, and you learn more from your failures than your successes. Like I can go back on a previous project and list out a thousand things that we did wrong, right? You know, and on the on you know curb tech being successful like i can you know kind of figuratively say what's what's working but it, it it's not as easy i mean i can line item out decision after bad decision after bad decision in previous things and it's just like learn from those i kind of look at it as on you know the second or the third or the fourth venture that that you're going after you're not starting back at ground level like you would be on That's the first right. one right you've got all this this knowledge to step start on so you're kind of working your way up the ladder so even if it takes two three four five times you're never starting back at zero yeah and a lot of entrepreneurs like all of us have tons of projects yeah you know you, you don't have to just have one at a time yeah. i like to have four at a time and yeah so so at least one you, you count on i can hit 25 percent right dave Oh, yeah, <laughs> but really and truly, if you can hit one out of four, you know, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. You might not make the Hall of Fame, right? Okay, yeah. but eventually you're going to get to, you're you know, you, you, yeah. you're going to get there. I mean, there's okay? there's levels to it, and like I said, keep swinging. You know, that's that's definitely because once you taste it. it, even in a failure, I think it'd be very hard for me to go back to. I couldn't do it. Like I remember after the the last project failed, and I was like, "All right, maybe I need to go yeah. get a job or whatever." Everybody call thinks it. that. And then, then I'm like, and then so like I just kind of start for. I mean, it didn't take but a couple of days, and I'm kind of just like <laughs> thinking to myself, "I'm like not an option," you know? Like I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm not wired that way. It's just and there's nothing against it. You need you need both. You need you know you, you need the different combinations of people and that kind of deal. But I just I couldn't do it. Once I'd been in it, it was. Well, you know, as a guy that started a business now that's in growth stage where you are, because you're talking about how you grow, all right? What was the hardest thing about getting started in Shreveport? There's a lot of things that are hard about it. I mean, the hardest part to us was really introducing something that was new. Um, 
it wasn't I wasn't the third or fourth guy doing X thing, right? right? It was a completely different thing. So there was a little bit of a learning curve. You know, it, it only took a few minutes, but the harder part, I guess, was kind of getting those first meetings and kind of meeting right. people because, you know, yeah. they'd say, hey, look, we already get our truck serviced here yeah. or whatever. And they don't really understand the concept prior to the meeting of like the value of their time. Even some of the guys that hired me early on, I remember them saying when they hired me, Hey, I don't really know what you're going to do for me, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, That's, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then and then kind of getting, spending some time with them and, and under, and like, this may seem cl- cliche, but like, we don't sell any type of service particularly. Like, my value to a customer is time. Like, I can give more time to a company that has fleet vehicles than anybody else. I can give them back more time. It is it's not even up for debate. Nobody can compete against us on that kind of deal. So really trying to get them to look at it that way. It's not this oil change versus this oil change or this tire repair versus this tire repair. It's, hey, look, your guys can still be working while we're over here. You can be on the site working and I'm doing my thing. Like I remember we sat down with a couple customers early on and our, you know, we didn't offer all the services we do now at the time. We started with just a couple and we sat down and they were like, hey, look, you're I think it was like $20 more for an oil change through us than it was for them to go to, you know, kind of the big box place. I literally, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to like get them off this price thing? I pulled out a sheet of paper right in front of them and I was like, all right, what, I go, all right, let's take an hour. What are you, what are you charging your guy? What's your guy being paid an hour and say it's 25 bucks an hour. All right. So say the initial oil change was $50. So 55, $50 plus the 25, what could you be billing out an hour? All right, and just round number, say $100 an hour. So I stacked all those numbers together to them versus our cost yeah. and really had to pitch them on the opportunity cost. And as soon as they saw that, I mean, the light bulbs it, it, went the off. Light bulb goes there's up. never been a conversation again about it. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it also is after you sit there and handle somebody's objections once or twice, okay, you get better at handling oh, yeah. the objections. Yeah. And, and you know what your sales pitch is. Yeah, like so many times people go out, got great ideas, but they just can't sell it. That's exactly right. It's how do you communicate that to the customer? Because it's easy, entrepreneurs, you know, we're kind of wired a little weird sometimes, and it works up here in our brains, but you got to get it out right. to them. And, and My that can favorite be ideas, though, are exactly how yours started. I don't like this. I want to change this. And so I'm going to start a business that does it. Well, those are the ones that are mostly the the successful. Yeah, like Like, that's perfect. Yeah, and it's kind of insane. Like, I have no automotive background. I'm not a mechanic at all. (laughs) I mean, I can change a tire, but that's about it. So I dove into this (laughs) antiquated industry, and just because it was such a pain point to me, I'm like, if it's a pain point for me, it's got to be. I called up a couple buddies that own companies. I was like, hey, look, think about doing this thing where I can come service your trucks on site, and they're like, we're in, we're in, we're in. And I was like, all right, this has got to be something. Yeah, yeah so. that works perfect. Yeah, it's you got to take business. that leap of faith. Right yeah, there. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about the industry, but I knew how to make things efficient. Like that's kind of a skill set I have is is I know how to take a process and and make it better. And so the widget just happened to be fleet services. So where do you go? Okay, so Streetport, we love when things start in Streetport. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of our goal and what we think makes the community better. You started here. So I love when things start here and then they blow up. Yeah. So what's the future? How do you take this? Is this happening in bigger markets? 
There are, there are companies out there that do mobile oil changes and things like that, but there's nobody out there that does the range of services that we do or the approach to it. Um, regards to, we do mobile tire installation, so instead of having your car at the dealership for a day, and I don't want to beat up on dealerships, but instead of having to go to a dealership and sitting there all day while you get a set of tires, we come to your office, take care of that kind of deal. Um, you know, we also take more of a software tech analytic approach to all this to where nobody else does this but like we track our vehicles so we work with our companies within their own gps platforms to see like when trucks are due and have flipped the model even more to where instead of waiting around for them to call and say hey look i've got these four trucks that are due we're monitoring these things for them so you're sending an email or whatever saying hey you got six trucks ready to get yep. all changed that's yep. right we can come out. Yep. I got next you got week. six trucks, all need tires rotated, oil change. Exactly. You're telling them that. Yeah, we've got. We even have. We've even That's taken the relationship cool. to the next step to where we don't even call them anymore. We just send guys out. We have basic, without it being a signature on a piece of paper, we're partners with them in this deal. Like we have full control over everything that goes on with their vehicles. We're monitoring everything for them. Dude, that's awesome. So, what do you do when you find a vehicle that's got something major right okay so we do have limitations like out in the field on what we can do you know we kind of keep to things that are you know in the zero to four hour range we always kind of joke around we're not going to rebuild somebody's transmission in right. a parking lot yeah so we'll kind of facilitate <laughs> we'll kind of facilitate for them getting it towed to you know a specialty shop or whatever so there is limitations of what we can do so that's your limitation yeah yeah cool but um, even that we'll piggyback in quarterback it for them. So we'll facilitate the tow, we'll deal with the dealership because take any company out there that has trucks, whether it's a roofing company, a plumbing company, oil and gas company, yep. they're not in the truck business, right? They're in whatever industry they are. Oh, that's a good point. They have to have trucks to do what they do, but they don't want to have people on staff or they don't want to have to deal with Yeah, you don't want to be paying a guy to sit at so some place. So you're managing with, their fleet. Yeah, so it started point. out with kind of fleet maintenance and now it's kind of rolled into fleet management. Which is kind of the next step. That is. That's huge. So you've yeah. learned this each step of the way, and it's grown that way as you've, as you've progressed. Yeah, we just always talk to our customers. When we find a pain point with them, we jump on it. You know, we're not throwing things out there, you know, hoping they stick. You know, we understand intimately. We talk to these guys all day, every day, whether it's the driver, the fleet manager, the owner of the company, and as they have a new pain point, we figure out where we can kind of fit into that. that so how you do you grow? What's the growth? Yeah, what's next for Curb Tech? Yeah. So we want to expand far outside of this area. We think we've got something that can go coast to coast. Um, it's kind of a pretty natural growth model. We work with small companies in Shreveport, regional companies, national companies. So as we decide we're going to go into South Louisiana or DFW or Midland or Oklahoma City or whatever it is, we already have relationships with some of these fleets that have trucks here, but they also have trucks out there. Oh, Think oil cool. and gas companies, right? A lot of those guys have a presence throughout the state of Texas as well mm -hmm. as Louisiana. So some of them, it's as simple as, hey, look, now Curb Tech's in this market, take over the trucks and that kind of thing. So we will never go into a market without um, some sort of customer base. That's you know, awesome. Yeah. We, we, the relationship building is so is you can grow place. to a spot because you have one customer and then find the rest of the customers exactly. while you're there. Yeah, I mean yeah. everything. So has anybody ever, you know, 
you know, when you're talking the oil and gas industry, you go onto a site, you know, there's probably five different companies on that site. Has, has your, you know, technician gone to the site and then somebody calls you and say, hey, I saw you guys, what do you, any way you could fit us in? All we do is word of mouth and it's from stuff like that. Really? Driving That's down the, the way road, they see our trucks, sitting on an oil field site, wherever it is. That hey, is, I got trucks so, that is so good to hear because everybody thinks everything's done through social media. We don't do any social media anymore. Not not saying it's not a benefit. It's just everything we've done. We focused on branding of our of our trucks, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, trucks look great. Yeah, everybody comes up to us, asks us, "Hey, is this a franchise? Did you buy this franchise? Whatever this kind of thing." And it's not. It's just I've got a lot of branding background from my early days at Anheuser Busch and other you know projects yeah. that I've done. So everything that we've done, we have not done $1 worth of marketing except for branding of our trucks in the past three plus years. That's awesome. That is great to hear. Yeah. Well, Dalton, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. And you're one of those success stories. Idea started in Shreveport, headquarters in Shreveport. Yep. I'm happy you're going national. Yep, I love you. it. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Thank Appreciate you, guys. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you.